Welcome back to Screencast, everyone. I'm your host, Nick Scarpino. On this fine day, depending on what area you're in, if you're in Northern California, <laughs> the sky is literally falling as we are hit by massive wildfires. And I woke up today, like, and I felt like I smoked a pack of cigarettes. Joey, I'm telling you right now, I woke up with my mouth open and just ash inside and a little cat sitting on my chest. Like, are you, you guys got a cat? <laughs> no, but when, you, when you're a smoker, Joey, you feel like there's always something sitting on your chest. Uh, and that's always how it goes. Of course, that's I'm joined that today. Is. Exactly, Barrett, by uh, the movie bros yourself, Joey Noel. Oh. Bad boy Barrett producing today because Kevin's off doing some fun stuff with Greg. So Barrett's going to be chiming in here a little bit remotely from his place. I think this is one of the first pieces of content Barrett and I have done together since Shelter in Place. Yeah, I'll be Nick, the last time I think I've ever spoke to you was when you dropped off that Easter bunny for Andy. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Well, was little, outside, yeah. of the, outside of the Friday meetings anyway. That is yeah. fair. Uh, and of course, joining us for the first time, I think, on any piece of kind of funny content. I believe so. Matt and I'm getting. By the way, it's traditional if you if you've been on a piece of content that we have to give you a moniker. So I'm going with Matt Respect Roarback. How does that it. sound? Wow. It. How's it going, guys? <laughs> honored, honored to pinch hit for Kevin Coelho. So I love it. I know. <laughs> uh, of course, Kevin's. Uh, you have some big shoes to fill. Uh, Kevin. Kevin's presence is always uh, big on most of the shows, but I think we'll get through, and I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, you know Matt, what? I I just moved to a new house and there was construction happening in the front and a guy mowing this giant <laughs> lawn in front of me. So I thought I'd bring a little Kevin energy, but I don't know if, if you could do me a favor and have one of your housemates uh, or if anyone's near you and a neighbor just bang on the wall occasionally. And then I just need you to and whenever you want to say anything, mute your mic right beforehand and then hit it the 15 giant, times yeah. before <laughs> yeah. you get I got the of, I got yeah. the blue Yeti microphone so I can just hit that giant Perfect. Mute that's perfect. And uh, if you really want to go full Kevin Quill, you have to have a giant ice uh, ice water jug right next to you. And just every, after every time you say anything, just crush it and put it down and be like, yeah, I'm ready for the next thing. Uh, of course, we do want to give a quick shout out before we continue with the shenanigans to our Patreon producer this month, Mohammed Mohammed. You are amazing. We really appreciate you. Of course, if you guys want to get out there and support any of our shows, you can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny and back us at any tier. Really, uh, every dollar counts if you want to be a part of the show. It starts at the $5 tier. Uh, last week, we had a lot of people write in and suggest movies that we watched and will now review at the tail end of the show, notably About Time and A Silent Voice. And spoilers, I enjoyed the shit out of both of these movies for various different reasons. Um, but we'll get to those in just a little bit. Uh, of course, if you guys want to check out our merch store, go over to kindoffunny.com slash store. We got all sorts of cool shirts. Uh, I don't think we sell this one anymore. I think this was a Patreon exclusive shirt. But Joey, if people are backing us at that tier on Patreon this month, what can people get? We're getting those really cool, I don't know where mine went, <clears throat> uh, cyberpunk prints that was art done by Pandamusk to mirror all of the cyberpunk 2077. The venerable, the venerable the venerable Musk has produced yes. our faces in cyberpunk style. And if you want to get all those prints, we're the first and only Go. people on the planet to get them. Go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Back us at that fan mail tier and you can get it. Another fun special announcement uh, for this weekend. DC fandom is Saturday and we are treating it like it's Greg's personal E3. Greg and the kind of funny crew will be on uh, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Pretty much we'll be there all day uh, reacting yeah. to panels for Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, uh, WB Montreal's game, which they're teasing out a new Batman game. And oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. yes, uh, yes. The Snyder cuts. Uh, of course, we're going to get all sorts of stuff like that uh, and every other DC movie. 
Notably, there will be no DC TV shows that's happening in September, but we'll talk about that a little later. We're going to go through the full schedule of that so you guys can see uh, what we're talking about if you're not familiar with DC fandom, because I sure shit wasn't until Tim <laughs> reached out and was like, what do you want to be a part of? And I was like, I don't know. Everything? Nothing? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it all starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time Saturday here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Come hang out with us, pour yourself a beer, and let's let's watch the craziness that will be Wonder Woman to the Snyder Cut. I can't imagine a bigger degree of of chaos for DC fans than those two movies pretty much bookmarking this whole DC fandom event. Very excited about that. Matt, how are you feeling about that, that fandom event while we're on? The uh, topic? I'm, I'm excited to see how many costume changes Greg Miller has during the entire day. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that you're, I think that you're vastly underestimating the fact that he's going to be at a wonder woman outfit. Yeah, day. I don't doubt it. Um, no, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm psyched. I'm just psyched for new content. I mean, with comic-con at home this year, kind of being kind of, I feel lackluster and just all the different events that we've kind of missed out this year. It feels nice to have something to look forward to, if that makes sense. And I'm mixed on the DCEU. I followed along with you guys and rewatched all the movies when you guys did interview. Um, Did not help uh, my opinion on most of those movies uh, (laughs) at all. Uh, But I am morbidly curious for the Snyder Cut and to see what the hell that will actually be. Um, I'm psyched. I, I do think they're trending in the right direction too, with things like, you know, uh, with Joker and Wonder Woman and, and even bringing James Gunn in for the Suicide Squad. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm actually like pretty psyched for. And then on the gaming side, yeah, if, if that Court of Owls, uh, Batman game is real, I'll be super psyched. I, All right. Scott, Scott Snyder is one of my favorite, uh, comic writers. And I just, uh, I love that the Arkham series, so that'll be awesome. So yeah, I mean, I just excited to have something to sit and watch all day, and hopefully get new trailers and news and cast reveals and things like that. So I know you I'm do, you do miss that. Me too. I mean, I miss, I miss even even just going to Comic Con for a day is always such a fun, like fun, 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 cool, chaotic, just insane energy experience. And the fact that we don't get that this year is really it's kind of heartbreaking. But um, one of my favorite times in my life as a, as an online media producer was producing the IGN live show that we used to do yeah. out of the hard rock cafe or hard rock uh, hotel and cafe. Uh, no hard rock hotel. Yeah. Oh, there was a cafe. I think there was like a <laughs> really bougie Japanese restaurant <laughs> down below that was like hella expensive, but we would produce the show and like Greg would be on the main set and like Tim or someone else would be, you know, Damon or whatever would be on the, uh, the balcony. But meanwhile, in between the breaks, I'll never forget when the leaked footage of Batman and Superman happened and we saw like Superman in the sky and Batman with the eyes. Yeah. We would all, every the entire company would just crowd around like Darren's desk. Darren had it. Darren had the link. And we were all like, what the fuck is this? And it was just that fun, you know, convergence of no matter if you're like for or against DC Marvel, whatever. That's news. It's a shared experience. And hopefully we can all get a little bit of that on Saturday. And if not, we'll see Greg's tummy. And that yeah, is just don't do it. every don't do it. bit is fun. Uh, you know what else is fun, guys? This show is brought to you by Manscaped and ExpressVPN, but we'll get to that later. Uh, I had the DC stuff, um, the DC fandom stuff on last, but uh, we might as well just quickly go through that schedule if you guys are cool with it. So everyone kind of yeah. knows what's what. If you're not familiar with this, this is a massive DC mm-hmm. uh, event that they're ha- having this weekend. Originally, I believe it was going to be a two-day event. That was going to be, I think, the night either all day 19th and 20th or maybe packed into one day. But they've decided that they're going to separate out. This is an update as of today. Um, 
with so much DC goodness, this comes from Deadline.com, with so much DC goodness, DC fandom has split up. It's a virtual confab, and I love using that word, into two global events. The first will be DC fandom, Hall of Heroes on August 22nd, and second, that's this Saturday, uh, will be DC fandom, Explore the Multiverse on September 12th. That said, the schedule has shifted with the majority of the films panel uh, being on August 22nd, and the majority of TV panels will be available on demand on September 12th. Uh, we can read the full update schedule if you guys want to head over to Deadline. Um, and if you guys aren't familiar with what we're talking about at all, if you're like, what the hell is this DC fandom event? Uh, it's re- It was revealed last week. All An all-star roster of talent will be joining the confab for key TV and film panels. Uh, Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Pedro Pascal, Kristen Wiig will all be on hand for Wonder Woman 1987, while James Gunn will be answering questions about the forthcoming Suicide Squad movie. Uh, we'll also get to hear some stuff about Black Adam, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Matt Reeves, The Batman, starring Robert Pats, R. Pats. Twilight himself, Robert Pattinson, as well as the standalone Flash movie starring Ezra Miller. So we're really getting kind of all the updates on what's happening with DC. Of course, you know, take it all with a grain of salt because if we stay sheltered in place for the next four fucking years, none of these movies will ever be shot. They will never come out and we will just get a Snyder Cut version two at some point in 2024. And that'll be 17 hours of brand new footage of just Snyder working out. It'll be great. (laughs) I thought they went back and started shooting the Batman again, didn't they? I, I, I forget. Think they, I think they went back to production on that. I know recent, notably um, a lot of movies have gone back, not in the United States because we're still having some issues, but I think there are some productions happening. But I think Keanu Reeves just tweeted that Matrix 4 is back on. Um, Ooh, that so was in San Fran, wasn't it? For they the- were filming in San Francisco for a while, and I think yeah. they're – I forget where they're at now, but um, that's back up. Which is great. Um, unfortunately, I didn't realize they were. T- I saw that. I saw an article that said Keanu Reeves uh, happy to get back to production on Matrix Four, and then the next article was uh, Lawrence Fishburne not invited back for Matrix Four. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> there's some bad blood in the in the Matrix sphere. Um, real quick, just going through the schedule of stuff for Saturday, if you guys want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, let's see, starting off at 10 a.m. with Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, it's going to be a panel with Gal Gadot, as we talked about, as well as Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, and Pedro Pascal. Uh, they'll be answering questions for fans all over the world. What's that? I'm excited for that one. That's going to be awesome. I, I feel yeah. like, out, out of all the movies coming out on the new DC slate, 1984 is going to be, it just speaks to me. It's, I mean, yeah. I was four years old in 1984, just discovering cocaine. It, it was a great <laughs> Uh, let's see. Multiverse 101 is at 11 a 11:15 a.m. Uh, actually, let me go by the stuff that I think we're going to do because yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're doing all of the panels. We Joe, do you know if we are? Hold on, let me look at our schedule. Um, it's on see. the calendar. Yeah, Wonder Woman. So we're going to be doing the Wonder Woman event uh, at 10 a.m. 11 at 10:30. It looks like we're doing the WB Montreal event. Uh, Flash seems to be around 11:15, 11:45. There's a Suicide Squad 11:55 p.m. Uh, we'll be doing that. Let's see what else we got. Yeah, we'll probably do the Suicide Squad. Not the well. I guess we'll do the Flash right into the Suicide Squad. Uh, by the way, Greg is going to be hosting all day, and we're going to be doing baby episodes uh, with reacts of uh, screencasts. This is going to be really cool, uh, but mostly pushed by Greg because he knows all this stuff and he he stays up at night reading uh, fan fan hardcore porn for the Snyder Cut. <laughs> um, let's see, Joker. Looks like we're doing the Snyder Cut stuff at. Uh, 2.30 p.m. That's going to be the big one. Uh, Aquaman at 4 p.m. And then Suicide Squad at 5 p.m. A little Shazam news in there somewhere, too. And then the Batman at 5.30. Uh, so this is going to be back-to-back-to-back stuff all day. So if you guys, you know, strap in your seats. Go to the store. And this is what I recommend everyone do. Go to the store. Get a six-pack of canned margaritas. Joey, I know what you're thinking. Nick, they can't possibly be good. They're not. I like them. But they're good, right? They're great in a baseball game when you don't want to drink beer all day. 
Well, because you look like you're drinking beer, Matt, but you're not drinking beer. You don't have to actually taste the beer, it. which is disgusting. The strawberry Limeritas. They're they're a party. I got no problem with this. I mean, I'm on board. Uh, I'm on board, Nick. I'm on. I'm on the schedule for that WB Montreal thing in the morning, and then again for that Suicide Squad game uh, in the evening. And let me tell you, I might start drinking at 10:30 in the morning on Saturday. I feel like I feel like we start. I feel like every time someone says Snyder Cut, so you have to take oh, yeah, a drink. You got to take a shot. Yeah. Anytime anyone mentions uh, the the mustache lip, we got to take a drink. And anyone, anytime anyone mentions Superman in the black uh, Superman suit, we have to take a drink. That's what I'm. No, we're making it to the Batman panel. No, no, absolutely. The other one that I'm really excited about, though, the Batman panel. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. Well, the fact that we're getting potentially to look at a Batman, a new Batman game, and I mean, I love Matt Reeves. I think he's a very competent director, and I'm actually, I'm actually, like, I'm on the fence about our paths as Batman, but I think it could work. I do think it could work. But I think I do have a lot of unfair bias against Robert Pattinson because I haven't seen a lot of his more serious work. My touchstone for him Ooh. is is Twilight series, which is just an abomination. Um, I yeah. saw him in a movie called The Lost City of Z, I think Z. it was. Yeah, yeah. And I really liked him in that. I was like, dude, what? A, he's a great character actor, but he, that he was like, you know, it's not like he had the physical screen presence of a Batman in that movie. He was like a dorky archaeologist who was like who got some sort of parasite or something. I can't then, remember. Then that I think I need to suggest something for the Nicholas, but I'll save it when we get there. I'm not watching the one where he jacks off in a light tower. I'm just not. Okay. Doing no, it. no, no, no. That's not. Yeah. That's not the one that I'm talking about. Um, he's uh, Good Time, and it's on Netflix. Good that's the, the one same, everyone always recommends. And it's the same yeah. director as uh, Uncut uh, Directors as Uncut Gems. So, oh, yeah, okay. Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Pattinson's fascinating to me because I feel like he's made really interesting choices since he left Twilight working with a lot of great like whether they're indie directors or just smaller directors and doing like art house stuff and I like I don't know I think he's a great actor if you watch a lot of that dramatic stuff and and Barrett brought up Good Time and he is fucking awesome in that and uh, Lighthouse is more of a technically interesting rather than like a great story or anything but right. i don't know seek out some of his more dramatic stuff and it makes me super like stoked for batman or the batman and and to echo your point nick with matt reeves like his planet of the ape movies the second and third ones are fucking awesome surprisingly so good. good yeah and um and i i definitely think that he's like one of the best working directors and i can't wait to see his take on batman so like yeah i'm stoked I am as well. Uh, that's all day Saturday, everyone. It's going to be super fun. Joey's going to be drinking, making our own homemade margaritas in the can. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> um, next news story we have for everyone is a sad one, specifically for Tim. The Patriot Act uh, with Hassan Minaj over on Netflix has been canceled. Uh, this I don't think is – I think this is more indicative of the fact that Netflix is just having a really hard time um, keeping viewership for like weekly – or talk show things like this because you know the Chelsea show has been canceled, Michelle Wolf's show was canceled, uh, and the Joel McHale show was canceled. But um, I don't know if you guys have a perspective on this. I love the Patriot Act. I think it's cool. I haven't watched all of them, um, but what what I think I've watched about ten episodes total, and they're just it's just phenomenal show. Well, maybe ten episodes yeah. is a lot. Maybe like I'm a lot. super <laughs> bummed that we're not going to get any going into this election cycle that we're coming up into. I think it'd be super interesting to see like what he does with like all of this, the stuff happening with the postal service right now and stuff. Right. Um, so that's a bummer. We were talking a little bit about this last night with Gia and Gia's sister um, and talking about how just on like the Netflix UX, there's just not that much room to promote stuff. So I think that ties in with like their weekly shows, like that's taking up a, potentially a slot on 
the like main dashboard and how they're just that's kind of it doesn't seem like they're doing a lot of weekly stuff anymore so well it's hard because when you think when you when you think about netflix the first thing that comes to mind isn't like you don't think of it as a cable network you don't think of it as i'm turning on msnbc to see what the what the most like i just feel like that's going to be an uphill battle for them because so much of the dna of netflix is bingeable content that you can watch at any time it's it's the friends well not friends anymore unfortunately it's on peacock now right um but Mm -hmm. it's you know season one through five of narcos it's these it's the shows that you haven't watched because you never caught them in the 90s so i I, it's it must be very hard for people to make that transition to feel like hey oh i want breaking news or i want some expert commentary on what's happening in the world today let's go to netflix to me i still think i'm an old school person i still think let let me turn on the news and see what you know rachel maddow is talking about today um and what the perspective is on the other side and like you know whatever's happening on fox um so yeah i don't know it sucks because I know Tim specifically is a huge fan of this, and I think Samanaj and his team are pretty top tier when it comes to this stuff. And I think that the more commentary we have like this, that's that's actually well thought out and and written with a good perspective, uh, the better off we'll be. But you know, I guess they'll just make more reality shows about people having sex on the beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably partly to blame for this, too, because like I I do like it, but I've only watched like a couple episodes because from Tim's recommendation, I I hopped on and watched a few and I thought it was fantastic. But yeah, it's not just like, I guess there's just this is a, a good problem to have. But and Joey just made this point of that. There's so much content, not only on Netflix and other streaming platforms that I think a lot of them have like a discovery problem, too. And when you're dropping weekly and like half the time, I don't even know when a new Netflix movie is out it'll just randomly be there and you gotta like kind of dig through 800 menus to like actually search for it and stuff and yeah um and i i can't imagine that this show was super expensive to produce i know the set is very elaborate it's it's awesome and and things like that and maybe all the money goes into like heavily heavily research stuff so there's probably a lot of money there i guess yeah yeah and then i because I I would have thought this this even if it was mildly successful they'd keep doing it but I don't know what the issue was but I do think it was a great show and I do think we need more of this stuff on places like Netflix so it's unfortunate like you said they'll do kind of trashy TV that will be super successful but that's just like you know I mean that's everything so that's, it, that's the foundation of any yeah. ma- massive cable network is you have to yeah. have the trash to pay for the for the for the elevated content um, yeah. I think also another problem though is you know this is not exactly um, escapism. When you watch right. Patriot Act, it's very thought provoking. It's very polarizing. It's it's content that really you have to think about, and it makes you think, "Hey, the world's either going to shit or someone's trying to solve a very serious problem." Whereas, with you know, uh, a, a new movie that keeps popping up on every single feed is that new Jamie Fox movie, um, which people have recommended we watch for next week's next. Yeah, ne- Nicholas. I've watched, I've watched it. Yeah, yeah and I, I'm I like that. It. That's the kind of movie that you're like. It's Friday night. It's been a week. The sky is literally on fire in Northern California. Let's just watch Jamie Foxx being cool, and that's what yep. I want. I don't want to think about. I don't want to think about how our president is trying to figure out how to uh, get get close the postal service so that people can't mail in ballots for the election. That just seems crazy. Um, so yeah, unfortunate, but I'm sure Hassan Minaj will bounce back. He does phenomenal work, and oh for sure, yeah, he's yeah. unbelievable. Speaking of um, fairly digestible daily television, Joey. We got yes. the update on the Ellen situation. Oh, give it to me. I actually don't know anything about. Oh, I don't think I know anything about this. So the network launched a uh, Matt. Are you up to speed roughly on what's happening with the Ellen? Yeah, I saw that you guys covered it a couple weeks ago and we I've did. been kind of in tune with it, uh, you know, just through Twitter and, and, you know, all the news stories that's come out. So I'm pretty familiar. Yeah. 
Got it. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's not a ton of news here, but the qu- the newest update is after launching an internal investigation, the network has uh, decided to cut ties with three senior producers, executive producers, Ed Glavin, uh, and uh, let me see, I'm sorry, let me let me read this from the top. Ellen Jenner has overhauled its senior producing team in the wake of accusations of racial insensitivity, sexual misconduct, and other problems in the work environment at the long-running daytime television show. This comes from Variety.com, if you guys want to read that. Uh, three senior producers have been ousted from Warner Brothers distributed uh, syndicated strip following damning allegations raised in recent reports by BuzzFeed and Variety. Um, quote, Ellen, Ellen veterans Mary Connolly, Andy Lasner, and Derek Wastervelt will remain at the show as executive producers alongside host Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, uh, let's see, the people that were departed were Ed Glavin, Ken Lemon, and Jonathan Norman. They were the ones asked to leave. They were also working on some other Ellen properties that they are no longer working on anymore. Uh, the departures have been expected ever since the three, the trio were cited in a July 30th story published by BuzzFeed about allegations of misconduct, harassment, and questionable behavior on the set of the show. The trio suspended were suspended of the wake of the BuzzFeed story and have since been terminated. Multiple sources have said at the same time uh, during the meeting that they had uh, Connolly and Lassner addressed. They had a, a massive meeting, by the way, with their, with their uh, entire crew. Uh, the results of the studio's internal investigation that sparked the flurry of reports after interviewing more than 100 people connected to the show, the probe found that there was no evidence of a systemic uh, ra- uh, systemic racism on the show, although there was an acknowledgement that more needed to be done in terms of diversity and inclusion. Uh, DeGeneres and others vowed that everyone on staff, including DeGeneres, will participate in diversity and inclusion workshops. The host will also announce the show's uh, resident DJ, uh, Stephen Twitch Boss, was promoted to co-executive producer. And I believe that they are from the tone of this article, I'm hope I, I'm guessing that they're trying to put a pin in this issue forever and yeah. be done with it because Ellen is basically like, we are coming back. And I have said that the top three producers are now gone, whether or not they were the main cause of the issues or if they are potentially a scapegoat remains to be seen. But I think Ellen is saying, hey, we're going to do all the things we need to do both internally and externally to uh, to to make everyone feel better about coming back to work and and hopefully hopefully have a better environment but i can't help but think that this is a lot of just pr stuff that they're doing uh to to kind of salvage her image joey do you have any perspective on this i it's interesting because it's a lot of the is it, are the other people that are left executive producers too or are they getting bumped up i don't know for that i know that they were um Let's see the departures. Um, let me go to the article and check that. Allegations out, against were... specific of people that got let go. Yeah, yeah I think so they kept that's like a two or no three. brainer. Yeah, I think they kept two or three executive producers. That yeah, those were the three them. that those are the other. Andy Lastner is the only one I know. I really like him. He's funny on like the stuff that I've seen on him do on the show because he's the one that always does the like haunted house stuff because he gets really scared. Um, and I follow him. Right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, I'm surprised here, the news, that they're sorry. The news was delivered to Ellen Staffers Monday afternoon during a staff meeting in which uh, Jenner spoke via video conference calls. Jenner was emotional. Um, yeah, I mean the the they are left over. So Connolly and Asner are still there, and I believe they're running yeah. the show right now. I for a while thought that Ellen might just be done, <laughs> and I think that was kind of like a running thing. I don't know what her yeah. contract. I don't know what that back end stuff looks like, but I. I think that that's the wrong way to do it, obviously, because it, then it, I mean, that seems like just you're guilty and you're kind of well, trying to get that in the limelight. So I think this is the best PR move for her, for sure. I mean, the, we'll see the, how much of it changes and how much of it really is like a top down thing from Ellen, which is things that I've heard. But 
for sure, and that's the general rumor, although we are not in any way, shape, or form Hollywood insiders at all. Uh, so that is, you know, we are just internet commentators uh, commentating on all the stories that you guys have access to as well. But, um, you know, it's not that I don't want to see someone who is being mean to people uh, punished and or, you know, reformed. Um, but I do look at shows like this, and I do think to myself, well, this is a, a big show. It is a great opportunity for people to work on. And if the environment sucks, well, if you can change the environment, then you don't have to, you don't have to fire 200 people or 200 people rather don't have to go look for other jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the hope is always that when things like this happen, when, when big feedback like this happens, that people can actually internalize it, um, learn from it and hopefully make a better environment. And if there are some cancers within the organization that cannot change, then you do have to cut them out. Um, So that's, that's obviously what they're doing as to whether or not, you know, as to whether or not the the issue actually does come from Ellen and and comes down or if Ellen's just oblivious, like a lot of Hollywood stars might be, um, that remains to be seen. We will never know, but it does look like for one, one thing's for sure. Ellen, she ain't going anywhere. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, She says, quote, the article ends with this will be the best season we've ever had. (laughs) So (laughs) we're coming back. Okay. Um, Yeah, it is. I, 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 yeah, I echo all the, the, what you guys think too. I, I think I'm most interested to see if it is coming down from the top. Like, and again, I'm not a Hollywood insider either, Nick, but, um, everything I've heard just on Twitter and former staffers and former people, I'm just like, it does seem like the problem is at the top. And I'm with you. I don't want anyone to lose their jobs. There's probably a, a thousand good people that work on Ellen. Um, yeah. whether they replace her or she continues, it looks like she's going to continue. But to me, this does kind of, look like, okay, these are the people that were called out. I was also called out, but you know what? Let's get rid of those people and hopefully I can not sweep this under the rug and hopefully learn from it, like you said. But right. yeah, I don't know how to I don't know how to take all of this, but and really quick right. question. They said sure. that there were no foundings of systemic racism, but they had a problem with uh diversity in their executive positions. Isn't that a slight form of systemic racism in a way? Well I think that's probably possibly the reason why they're shit candy three of them because i think i think i think the lack of diversity was was a big issue especially if we get the top yeah and i think that 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 leads to a lot of insensitivity again this is me spitballing off the top of my head from the articles that i've read um (laughs) but i think the idea would be that you know you've just got a bunch of hollywood producers that were around that came up and got you know have a lot of power and just aren't being as aware of how they're coming off to their employees as they should be and hopefully they're learning and hopefully they can continue to progress like everyone is progressing like every organization is progressing these days and that's a good thing um i think the i the the the, from what i'm reading into this it's that it's not like i don't think there was a massive problem overall with one thing be it harassment racism or you know whatever it is i think it's just all of them together made this environment that was just not very very just conducive toxic to creativity or good and yeah, it's toxic like a, like a buildup of microaggressions and stuff like yeah, that. yeah stuff like that i mean that when you read the reports it's not you know it, it it runs the gamut from from kind of egregious offenses to people just not being as sensitive as they should be to each other's culture so um and it's and entirely again, possible that she was oblivious to it all too and just came in hosted the show and left and let her producers deal with everything but i also find that sort of hard to believe but I don't know. I mean, after, well, after that like 17 mean, seasons or whatever, I, yeah, I mean, maybe at a certain point you're like, yeah. ah, maybe I just well, don't and, care what the, what the, the interns think of me, but maybe she should. The stuff in the reports too, that they're claiming that the executive producers are doing, that's not stuff that you can necessarily like compartmentalize in your life. Like that behavior I'm sure manifested in other ways that Ellen would yeah. have seen. And, 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 you know, the thing is like when you've, I've, I've, 
I fortunately have only had the, I'm sorry, I should, I should say, I unfortunately have only had the, the displeasure of working with people at the top who I feel like weren't as sensitive in, in very minuscule ways in my life. But when you do, you know, that's a, that's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling, feeling like someone who is way more powerful than you in an organization just doesn't care about yeah. your feelings or how you're coming off or your career in general. And to be honest, you know, it's not great for the business because at the end of the day, you know, the people that you're marginalizing at the bottom will one day rise to be in places where they could be very, very beneficial and, and, and you know, to the creative process of your team. And if you are, you know, it's sowing the, 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 you know, fear and anger and animosity in them from the get go, it's just not good for the overall, it's, it's just not good. It's not a good thing to do if you're trying to make people happy and entertain people. Um, so I think it behooves them to, to, to look at inward and kind of, cut some of that out and, and make some big changes. But it's like, it's, it's just kind of heartbreaking because you look at the Ellen DeGeneres show and you're like, man, if that's not a fun place to work, right? where is yeah. <laughs> it's fucking Ellen? Why would they be cutthroat? It's Ellen. You know what I mean? Of course, a lot of people are like going back and, and looking at, um, interviews she's had with celebrities like Taylor Swift and things like that. And they're just like, Johnson and man, stuff. Yeah. These are at all these are not these are a totally different vibe when you look at it from the fact that Ellen might actually just be being an asshole to people. So totally. I'm sure we're gonna see some content changes on the show too, because I doubt they're gonna let I doubt they're gonna move forward and be like, hey, let's have that, let's come right out of the gate with that section where Ellen generous makes fun of people's art they've made for her. <laughs> Which is the thing yeah. that she does consistently apparently. I personally don't want the- to do. It's all the performative stuff of like giving things away and not maybe it's not performative. She's done a lot of good things, too, and her show probably has. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I fucking hate toxic workplace cultures and, and bosses who are assholes. And I'll always be one. And Nikki, just you said it. But like, I'd much rather work for someone who is kind and nice to me and you'll get great work out of me rather than someone who's just a prick to everyone. And then you're just not going to like I just don't know how you could run a show that way and have employees that want to be motivated and the long hours that I'm sure that they have to work and things like that. Like just be kind to one another. And I know that that seems simple, but on a lot of in Hollywood, it's been a thing forever. That it's, it's just, just it's it's very interesting because you hear so there's two mentalities in production. If if yeah. I can be real with everyone, please. No. Right. There's the mentality of production is war and we have to do whatever it takes to get the shot. And unfortunately, that can have amazing results, right? And most yeah. notably, the person that's one of the hardest directors to work for in the entire industry is James Cameron. Well, guess what? James yeah. Cameron has never had a movie tank because his movies are phenomenal, but he is notorious for being me. Even yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio was like, he is really hard to work with. And I'm fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so that gets you that. And I think I think a lot of people see that and go, okay, well, that's what I have to do, right? Like I have to, even if we're making a comedy, like I have to be a ball buster and we have to push the crew and we have to get the shots and do all these things. Conversely, you have Clint Eastwood on the other side. Now say what you will about Clint Eastwood politically. We're not going to talk about whether, you know, being conservative or liberal is a thing in Hollywood because I know that's always been a big thing for him, but he runs his sets like it is a nine to five job and he makes great movies and he somehow, yeah, yeah, he (laughs) somehow comes in under budget and his movies do well and they get nominated and his crew is just like, we go. It's a 10 hour day. We leave where there's no there's no pushing the crew into 12 or 14 hours. And that's that's just how that goes. And so I really do think that a lot of that is indoctrinization into the industry. And I feel that sometimes myself where even when we're doing stuff, I'll feel that be like, fuck it, we should just push through. And then I'm like, no, no, (laughs) we don't have to do that. We're a dumb YouTube company that, you know, it doesn't matter if that that that, the 11th hour uh, push for footage is not going to make the difference between the between, you know, the views that I need to get for these things. So I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the industry is really kind of 
still recuperating from the de- you know the century of production woes that have that have plagued you know Hollywood over the from like 1900 uh, to to the 2000s. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just going to take a long time for people to realize there just has to be a better way to do things where people should. I mean, people should be having fun when you're making a show because if you're not, it's going to come through to a degree. And I, I think can, there's a you know. fine line of being, you know, tough and toxic too. Cause like, and it's the old cliche of like, you're not saving lives. Like you just said, like, it's just, really not. it is for entertainment. And like, I, I agree, like you can be tough. And I think if you're a perfectionist, like James Cameron's one of those guys, David Fincher, there's many stories about him doing like, you know, 70 takes of a scene that should be super, super simple. Right. And I think like there's just that fine line of like, I think you can be tough and a perfectionist as a director or producer or something like that, but also just treat people with respect. And I mean, like, I just don't be toxic. And when you, it's that fine line of, okay, I'm going to be a hard ass because I really want this movie to be good because I really care. And if you're being an actual bad person to people. Yes. When you're dipping into uh, when you're when you're when you're dipping into uh, uh, sort of being mean to people, that's Joey. When you have to cut things out, you got to trim things out, out, Joey. And speaking of trimming, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. I got a Manscaped. Uh, because it's getting bad, and I'll just put it that way. Uh, mostly just in the in the in the Italian, the northern Italian region. Lower back, you know, I'm talking about the upper back region. I, uh, I don't, but I don't have that. But I, I well, do there get you it. go. I got. I mean, I have pretty much hair from the only place I don't really have too much hair on is my head. The rest of it's just uh, compensating, uh, and it's unfortunate. But guess what? Uh, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is here. To help, it is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you confidence and uh, uh, boost through your body image. The ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to uh, reduce nicks or tugs on your fellows down there. The lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. Uh, they also just released their shears. 2.0 nail kit, which is perfect. It's a perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes uh, tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Oh, I need all those things. Uh, the, <laughs> right now, my I, I've just uh, my nails just look similar to like uh, the young Wolverine's nails and in, in, in Old Man Logan. I don't know if I'm doing that correct. It doesn't matter. We'll move on. Uh, the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you can also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafe ball deodorant, and moisturizer. Uh, this will help you tame the summer swamp ass. With natural hydrators and antioxidants, you'll also find a crop reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your uh, balls. We won't judge you if you call if you catch your. <laughs> we won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life changing products. Here's how you take advantage of their offer. In fact, listeners of the show will get twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code morning at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code morning. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving the front trunk. I'm surprised that it just didn't say it's time to grab 2020 by the balls and shave them. Come on, Manscaped. Get on it. Get on it. Uh, next up, guys, we have ExpressVPN. You've heard us talk about this. 
Listen, have you ever watched The Office? If you have, you probably know it's the it's it's based on a UK series also called The Office. But if I told you there are nine other countries with their own versions of The Office that you've never seen, would that surprise you? Well, uh, you probably didn't know about them because you're not use you're not usually available in your country, but you can access content anywhere available in the world with no geo restrictions when you use ExpressVPN. Uh, see, ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from nearly a hundred different countries, giving you access to content that isn't available in your region. If you like watching shows or movies, ExpressVPN is a must-have. For less than $7 a month, ExpressVPN lets you access thousands of new shows and movies on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney+, and tons of other streaming services. It's a no-brainer, and it couldn't be easier to use. Just fire up ExpressVPN app on your computer or TV, uh, select a location, and hit connect. Uh, ExpressVPN is also incredibly fast and doesn't slow down any of your connections. Uh, We can stream content in HD quality with no issues. Here's the deal. Uh, So to get the most out of your streaming service today, get, uh, today go to expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. If you use my link, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. Expressvpn.com slash kind of funny to learn more. Uh, all right, guys. We're on, the t- we're on the back nine of the show, as we like to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the time where I just want to go through kind of what we've been watching lately. Uh, and then we'll talk about the uh, the movies we were watching last week for the Nicholas. Joe, what have you been watching lately? So <clears throat> on Monday, we got an update that uh, Jensen Ackles is going to be joining season three of The yes. Boys, which is very exciting. So Jensen Ackles, if you don't know, is in the long-running show Supernatural. 47 seasons. You doing a rewatch? Are we doing a rewatch, Joey? Here's the thing. I texted our good friend Jacob Bryant, and I was like, Jacob, talk me out of restart. Talk me out of jumping back into Supernatural. I've watched like the first seven seasons like a Mm. couple times because I think it's the best storyline. Person, I think it should have ended after five. Yeah, five. Five was like the true ending, and then they're just like, oh, we'll just keep going. Exactly. The true like, ending was 10 seasons ago. <laughs> I know. It's so dumb. I was like, I'll jump back in at the Leviathan stuff. That's where my brain kind of like yeah. forgets what it is. And he was like, well, listen, if you're going to rewatch it, you should start from the beginning. So as of this morning, I started rewatching Supernatural to catch up for the last seven episodes that are dropping in October. Wow. So, so I'm you, hoping. Okay. Okay. So they're dropping. Make it. they're dropping new episodes. Sorry, I missed that part. I thought yeah. you were catching up on Supernatural because one of the actors is in a different show. <laughs> well, like, yeah, oh, that, that's crazy. The, the news for both of those things dropped at the same time. So I was like, ooh, Jensen Ackles. I love him. He's going to be in The Boys, which I'm obviously really excited about season two. Oh, and then the they're boys. dropping the last seven episodes ever, hopefully. Ever. Yeah, we don't need uh, Supernatural is kind of like weird. It felt like it's been on the chopping block for like the last three years. And I just want to. Yeah. It's funny, Joey, because when I sent a list of that news of Jensen Ackles being in the boys, because uh, I, I had watched through the season and then like she joined me for like the last uh, half of uh, the boys season one. And she was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And I'm interested in this. Right. Um, it's good. Yeah. And so when I sent her that, she uh texted me like screaming text and realized that her high school crush on Jensen Ackles is still very much in place right now. Jensen Ackles sounds like, it just sounds like the stage name you pick when you want to be like in teen beat magazine, like everybody introducing Jensen Ackles and you're just like, he's like sweaty a little bit and he's got, is it a stage name or is it a real name? I have no, it's gotta be a stage name, right? No, I I just can't believe supernatural. 
I just like as a 30 year old I know, man, it's and shocking. I guess it's starting when I was 15 is insane to me. Um, Supernatural is like the uh, Law and Order SVU for for young for, adults. Damn, for, it, yeah, it, his yeah. birth name is Jensen Ross Ackles. Shut the hell Shut the door. Um, um, a shout out to his uh, voiceover of, uh, of in Batman Under the Red Hood. It's very good. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, it's it a is. great movie. Great call out. Um, same creator, right, for Supernatural and The Boys? I think. Yeah, oh, maybe the, the same yeah, showrunner. It's um, showrunner. Okay. Yeah, Eric Kripke it. or something. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, the I boys only is... did like the first five seasons of Supernatural. The true ending, as some the say. true the good ones. So yeah. I can honestly say I'll never go back and watch Supernatural. I'll never say never. Have I'm you, watching. I'm have watching you watched it before? Nine right now. No, no. No, I've never no, seen no. a single episode. I don't never. think. Sorry. Don't Sorry need to. to. Like it. Although so to be fair, that, I think it's nostalgic though. It's it's yeah, one of those sure. things where every time you go to Comic Con, you see the hardcore Supernatural fans, and they're people swear now. by the show. People just really like it, and you know, I I don't have a leg to stand on, Matt, because as you know, I'm a diehard Psych fan, so. You know, once episode, once you sorry. once once you make die, Psych the hill on which you will die, uh, you don't have a leg to stand on for criticizing anyone else's uh, TV mine, goings. Mine is Lost, and I will defend Lost oh, the lo- day I die, and I even the Lost. last couple seasons of Lost. So, um, I feel you. It's I'm with just you. Terrible, Matt. What have you been watching lately? Um, so I don't know if I even mentioned it at the beginning of the episode of why the hell I'm even on the show, but um, I host a trilogy of podcasts. Oh, yeah. I meant, to, I meant to throw to you and ask and tell you, have you tell people who you are and why I, you're doing this? But sorry people are probably like, who is this random man who's on this show and why is he talking with them? Um, yeah, I host a trilogy of podcasts here in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada called the Untitled Movie Podcast, Untitled Movie Reviews, and Untitled Movie Conversations. Um, so that's why uh, Nick reached out and, and I've been talking to Joey because I've wanted to come on and talk to you guys for a while. Um, so I, um, just to describe the three shows, Untitled Movie Podcast, kind of like Screencast, mixed with the kind of funny podcast, way too long, conversational, two best friends talking about you know, movies and news and entertainment and all that stuff. Uh, reviews, a little bit more bite-sized, 15-minute uh, and under kind of reviews of new release movies and conversations we just launched last week with the first episode of... Uh, with a TIFF programmer, Toronto International uh, Film Festival programmer, Peter Koplowski, who uh, programs their Midnight Madness lineup. So we talked to him last week. So please go check those out. But uh, for the show, uh, I watched, uh, for Untitled Movie Reviews, I watched Unhinged with Russell Crowe, which is releasing, it released last week in Canada. Okay. um, And it's coming out this week, I think, if theaters are open in the U.S., I have no idea. Uh, I think like I think they told me it's releasing in the U.S. this week, um, and it's like so. I think there are a few that might be opening, but not not yeah. a ton. Because cinemas have been open here for a few weeks now, and they've been playing older movies. And cases of of for COVID are pretty low here, so um, uh, you're seeing a slow rollout of everything. And again, we're getting Tenet in in next week and things like that. But yeah, Unhinged came out last week here. I watched it. Um, it's not good. I don't. I wouldn't go risk your life for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean don't don't risk your life to go see russell crowe just be angry for 90 minutes and and murder people but um it's like i love russell crowe and like but it's weird with him being in this and having the history of like you know anger issues and violent stuff and then him Mm -hmm. being in this road rage movie and just being very portly i love seeing him i saw a movie at tiff last year called the true history of the kelly gang and i couldn't believe like he's just massive and i love it and i just think he had this giant beard and he just keeps getting bigger and bigger and i think he looks awesome in this role and like he's just 
portly and angry. Um, but the movie's just kind of a crummy, you know, B movie yeah. kind of trashy action it was just like dual horror movie. Yes, um, but worse. Um, <laughs> so it's not really worth you know risking your life going out to a movie theater if it was on demand. Again, Nick, like you said, it's a Friday night and you're you yeah. know uh, cracking yeah. open a beer and you have nothing else to do. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I just found it kind of like angry and mean and i was just like i don't know what i'm supposed to take from this like there's not really a ton of enjoyment just seeing him be a complete murderous asshole to people yeah. um and there is some fun like, I, like is it yeah it, not really i mean the okay, one thing yeah. I, the good thing i have to say is like all the stunts were kind of practical so there's a lot of like stunt okay. driving and and kind of cool stuff like that um but even then like there's nothing really that thrilling in it so i can't it's not the worst thing in the world but i can't really like suggest going out to a movie theater and seeing that right now so um and it anything sounds, more than yeah it sounds ahead. a lot like uh people are saying in the chat too that it sounds a lot like falling down which yeah the michael douglas classic sure, falling yeah. down which always yeah. traumatized me when i was a kid and scared the shit out of me so i i only watched it twice and i'm like i'm never gonna watch that movie ever again if this um, was free on a streaming service or something i might yeah. be like all right you know saturday night at midnight and you have you know you want some sort of you know horror kind of action movie um thriller but it's not very good um and then i also watched last night for review um the review's not up yet but we're going to record it in the next couple of days uh the one and only ivan the embargo's up now so i can talk about it so that is a disney plus movie coming out this friday starring uh sam rockwell as uh the titular ivan um and it has brian cranston in a live action role and it's got a really Ooh. great cast uh angelina jolie's in there um uh there's i'll pull up the cast actually it's really good uh the guy who does the voice for king shark and harley quinn there's a callback oh, nice. last week uh he does a voice of a rabbit and i couldn't get king shark out of my head um it's got danny devito in it because if a movie takes place in a circus danny devito is gotta be, I, in it. Some, gotta be in it yep uh helen mirren brooklyn prince does a voice of a baby elephant uh who what's it called make? Uh, the one and only Ivan. So it's about yeah. um, Brian Cranston essentially runs this uh, circus inside a, a strip mall in like, I think the eighties. Um, and it's I mean, about I'm kind in. of, yeah. And it's, it's kind of about him kind of going under hard times. And his main attraction was this big gorilla called uh, Ivan, the one and only Ivan. Um, but his, uh, his circus has gone on hard times in the mall. People are going to the big Galleria mall now. So the mall's kind of, um, empty all the time and it's him getting this new uh, uh mother and uh daughter elephant in and then them kind of taking the spotlight over ivan and he's been uh, the story is actually i looked it up like and they do some things in the end credits it's not a spoiler because it's, it's based on a true story but like mm -hmm. the story of this gorilla is actually really depressing but then they turn it into this kind of charm charming like disney movie welcome to disney um, yeah, all the animals kind of talk and sam rockwell i, I love so it, it's kind of okay. i think he's actually pretty good in it um, and the voice cast is great. I love Brian Cranston as well, but the movies, it's good. It's, it's okay. Like it's a, it's a perfectly fine Disney talking animal movie. I think it's better than the Dumbo. Um, it's similar oh, to Dumbo that yeah. came out like last year, I think. I don't know what, how time works anymore, but, um, no. uh, but it's okay. Like I, I mildly enjoyed it. I think for, you know, the 90 minutes that it was on, on Disney plus, if you have a subscription and if you have young kids or something like that. I think it's pretty enjoyable, but uh, it's interesting how lighthearted they make it. So the, there's a young girl who's at this uh, circus who's uh, one of the uh, zookeeper's 
daughters and and she kind of befriends Ivan and teaches him how to paint and stuff. So that's like a main thing of like this gorilla starts drawing things and that becomes like a, a big plot point throughout the whole thing. But mm. no, the cast is great. Um, I think it's like a, you know, it reminds me of those Disney movies when I was a kid with like talking animal movies that I would have enjoyed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and it's nothing to really go, oh, fuck, you need to go watch the one and only Ivan. But it's uh, it was perfectly <laughs> fine. Like, um, I wouldn't say rush out to watch it, but um, I like the cast. I love Sam Rockwell enough that it was just kind of enjoyable to kind of watch this cast kind of joke around as these goofy animals for 90 minutes. So uh, I'd say those are like the two big things that um, – that comes out on Friday. And then uh, I moved into a house with my sister and my fiance with me, and they've been watching a lot of Naked Attraction, um, which I think you guys talked about on we one did. of your shows. I don't know whether it's Andy or Nick, maybe you. I don't know. but I think, I think um, Tim showed was, me Naked Attraction. If I think it was Andy. Yeah. Maybe it was Andy. Yeah. This is the yeah. one where um, – this is not the one where they just see parts of people's bodies. Oh, first, they do. Right? Yeah. Yes, okay. That's, that's it. <laughs> This and, is a, um, that's a show. That's a show they made. And that's all they've been watching. So we've been like unpacking and like we, I set up the TV for them in the, in the living room and stuff like that uh, in our main spot. And uh, they've just been obsessed with it. So then it like obviously caught my eye and I'm like, what is this show? And at first glance, like, I'm just like, this is awful. Like why this show does not sound like a good thing at all. But I'm all, I talked about it on our show last week, but I'm amazed at how kind of like body positive it is and inclusive it, mm-hmm. inclusive it is. And it's actually really just not like kind of as as horny as I imagined it to be. It's actually kind of more interesting and it kind of teaches people about, you know, human anatomy in like a real way. They're not just all like porn bodies, sorry to get weird, but like yeah. it's not just it's it's I remember you guys talking about it and then they put it on and it's all uncensored here. I don't know, like it's just nothing's blurred and they're watching it on a streaming service called Out TV. I have no idea if that's a thing in the US. Um, but that's all they've been watching and I've sat down and watched some of it with them and that just kind of surprised me. I'm going, oh, this show is actually like, yeah, inclusive and body positive. Part to it. Interesting. Um, I watched, uh, uh, an interesting documentary uh, that's available on HBO. It's an older one, but it's by Alex, uh, director Alex Winters, who was, uh, Bill and Ted is in, 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 in up and coming Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, and he was a childhood star, uh, and he made a movie called showbiz kids, which is a documentary about what it's like to be a childhood star. And it is horrifying. Really? It follows. Yeah. It, it basically, it's not a great documentary. I'll say that, but the story it tells and the people that it follows um, are people that I have a lot of touchstones to, not the least of which is Henry Thomas from uh, ET and um, Mila Jovovich is in it as well. And I didn't realize she was huge when she was young. Um, and it basically just kind of follows how they got into the industry and then the effects it has had over them in one way or the other. Ooh, Mara Wilson is in it too. Yeah. Um, the, like she's the, the young actress who was the, the kid in Mrs. Doubtfire, right? And uh, Matilda. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's it's, – it's, it's really kind of interesting and saddening and – kind of shocking all at once um they didn't get access to like i was hoping they'd get drew barrymore in there because she's sort of one of the most famous child actors ever um and she's i mean she was famous since she was like super super young there she uh, henry thomas uh, i think is it thomas or thompson i think it's thomas um tells a story he's an et about when he first got on set and she asked him how many movies he'd done and he was like this is my first she goes oh you poor thing this is my fifth or something like that and she's just like five years old or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's crazy, but it's a very, very interesting watch if you guys are interested in that part of the industry. And if you ever have a child who wants to be in show business, watch this movie first and then put that kid through school and let them let them try to act when they're 18. 
That's what I would say. All right, let's segue over. We're a little short on time to the Nick list. Last week, you guys voted and suggested that we watch two movies for the list, uh, one of which was About Time, and the other was A Silent Voice. These are two uh, very distinctly different movies. Let's start with About Time. What did you guys think about this? Both of these are available on Netflix in the U.S., by the way. Uh, let's start with you, Joe. What did you think about About Time? So I watched About Time for the first time earlier in quarantine. I think I talked about it on the show. I was like, kind of blown away that I had missed it yeah. all of these years because I really liked it. Um, Rachel McAdams, incredible always. Uh, Donald Gleason, is that how you say his name? Yes. Donald, Gleason. I think. Uh, there is it Donald? I don't know. Yeah, Irish name's not my strong suit. <laughs> General um, Hux. Thank yeah, you. There. I really hadn't seen him in like, so I had seen him in um, Star Wars, obviously, and then right. now have the touchstone of watching Run on HBO. Oh, so yeah. this is like a very different role from both of those. Um, and I like totally bought into like their relationship. I think that the, I think the time jumping stuff is explained just enough, but without too much superfluous information that right. kind of breaks the immersion of it. Um, and I think it's like a really sweet story. I knew that it was gonna I knew that it was gonna be a Joey movie when it opens with the piano to um The Luckiest by Ben Folds, which is like one of my favorite songs. And it's like kind of plays throughout the movie and stuff like that. But I think it's really fun. I love the for their the date in the dark restaurant and stuff like that. Like right. I think it's I love it. Matt, what'd you think? mixed to mixed <laughs> negative on it. I'm not the biggest Richard Curtis fan. Like I, I hate that I'm coming in here and I'll probably be the negative one on this. No, movie, it's fine. It's like, good to have dissenting voices. Um, yeah. I didn't hate it. Uh, I also my first time. I don't know how I missed this. I just I, I think maybe the Richard yeah. Curtis thing. I, I hate Love Actually. I do not like it at all. Oh, you're um, I also hate inside. Love Actually. I know. So, I am. so Richard yeah. Curtis for people who are uh for people who are wondering what he is had a part in uh four weddings and a funeral, Notting Hill. Love Actually, and I think he had something to do with Bridget Jones's Diary. Does that all sound right, Matt? Yeah, I think so. And then he also wrote Yesterday, which came out last year, which was You're the, Dan, uh, dead the, inside. Dan, the Danny Boyle. Uh, I liked Yesterday, don't get me wrong. Yeah, and, well, that's um, the one where he, the Beatles he, disappear. Didn't he steal Yesterday? Wasn't that the whole story? It's, poss it's also yeah. possible. But <laughs> He stole it from a band called The Beatles. Don't you remember yeah. them, Barrett? No, no I don't. You're, wait, what are The Beatles, Nick? Uh, I, exactly. I'm, I'm going to play you a song that I wrote. It's called Yellow Submarine. I can remember. Why can I not remember one Beatles song for that stupid joke? Uh, so I'm sorry. So continue, Matt. So you did not no, like this I, movie because you're dead. No, inside. I'm. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm joking, I'm joking, precisely. I'm joking, I'm joking. No, I know you are. Um, yeah, you know what? I didn't. I didn't hate it. Um, I was shocked when Margot Robbie and Vanessa Kirby popped up. Um, like literally shocked because I had no idea. I was like, "What the hell is happening?" I had, um, so that was exciting. Um, I liked their chemistry for the most part. Um, I like Donald Gleason, um, Rachel McAdams, who I think is one of the most underrated actresses kind of uh, working in Hollywood. I know you guys, I don't think, liked Eurovision, but I like her. I in liked Europe. it. Oh, did you? I, okay. I did. I, to be fair, I saw I was on the bad bats. Eurovision. That's yeah, how it's not good. I don't get movie. me wrong. I think it's, it's bad good, good on the. I think it's bad good on that scale, but um, I love her, and I think she's just one of the most underrated actresses. Joey, I agree with you. I like the scene in the the Le Noir restaurant. Um, it's almost weirdly, the only thing that annoyed me is like a technical thing where it sounded like they were podcasting, and it just didn't sound authentic to me, but that's just like a nerdy thing. Um, 
and then I think I had the biggest issue with like their relationship in the honesty between it. So like I just found it kind of icky um, when he has that one really nice night with her. Um, but he doesn't really know where it's going to go. And then he kind of like low-key stalks her and finds information about her, about like Kate Moss and her love for all that. And then uses yeah. that to get her to like kind of, you know, fall in love with him again rather than right. the natural night. And I think throughout their relationship that, that just rubbed me the wrong way of that. He never tells her about this thing. Um, he kind of just keeps doing this thing. And I didn't know what I was supposed to take from it in the sense of like, did his character grow? He just tries to correct everything. I like this stuff with uh, Bill Nighy, but then I feel like the movie kind of loses track. And I'm like, is this a father's son movie or is this a romantic kind of movie between him and Rachel McAdams. And I think all the Bill Nighy stuff at the very end is actually really sweet and and genuine. And then I went, okay, I almost wish that this movie was more so about that father's son mm. relationship. Cause then the, the relationship with McAdams just kind of feels like, you know, I, a means to that. And um, Joey, I agree with you too, where I kind of like that they just nonchalantly go, Oh yeah, we can time travel. And then it's just like, that's, that's it. And then the movie continues on as normal. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I was enough, enough little things of like not being able to retcon everything and that it does change things that like, it doesn't seem like free reign of you can just go whenever, like there are consequences I, to things. I do like the thing about the child being like, Hey, you know, that's how baby making works. If you go back behind that, it's going to change who your kid is. So, yeah. um, I like that they add in those things to kind of make it believable go, why wouldn't you always go back to talk to your dad? Or why wouldn't you always right. go back and do this? And I, I like, there is some good stuff in there. And I think I like all the actors enough that it made it watchable. I just, by the end of it, I was just like, I don't know, it's kind of a mixed bag for me where it's, yeah. um, like, I just couldn't buy into the entire thing. And I just did not like that. He kind of just never tells her about any of this thing and kind of like it just means to me that their relationship is kind of built on lies and i just don't like that and that's, that's why i didn't find it that's an interesting yeah. perspective because i think sorry to cut you off Did no please go okay um because if you watch this movie as a light-hearted rom-com i think yeah. it's incredibly endearing and i think the performances and the, and the cast is just wonderful um but when you you're right when you start digging deeper you find that there is sort of uh, well, obviously it's 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 a hollow, it's a very hollow film. It's not right. There, there are very little consequences either way for any of this guy's actions. Exactly. But if you want to compare this to an analog that I would say I just watched again, which is Groundhog Day, um, they have similar vibes. Um, and then like Palm Springs, right? Where Palm Springs. Was I was going to bring up Palm Springs. Yeah. Yeah, the, the lighthearted Groundhog Day. But if you go back and watch Groundhog Day, that movie's dark. And yep. it's dark because it's about a guy who has a lot of flaws and he gets this almost power, but also is in this prison. And when he starts reliving this day, what's the first thing he does? Well, he starts when he's trying to figure it out, he's tr he tries to abuse it to try and get Andy McDowell in bed and it doesn't work. And, and it always backfires on him because it's just it's 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 playing into the character flaw of his nature, which is that he's a terrible human being. And the only time he gets out of the loop is when he actually actually grows and becomes a good person and realizes that he has this unbelievable opportunity to make everyone's life in the town amazing for a day. And when he does that, he gets rewarded. Um, and thus there's the character growth in this there. You're right. There's not a ton of it's very it's fluff. This is a fluff movie. It is fluff and it feels kind of selfish of that character. I don't know. Yes. Um, it's done so wonderfully, though, because it's Bill Nye yeah. selling it to you. 
And that guy could be like, listen, it's just He's a nuclear the weapon. And I'd be like, you know what, Bill, you're right. Let's buy one. Let's get one. Mm-hmm. It's not a yeah. big deal. We should have one in the backyard. Everyone should have one. Um, so I think based on the strength of the cast and the fact that it is more like a fantastical movie, I enjoyed it. But I do think that when you start peeling back the pieces, that one scene specifically always felt weird to me where I was like, this should have been, there's no point where he fails so miserably that he then has to like grow. He no. just in the, in the museum specifically, he has that moment where he's super awkward and I'm waiting for him to redo that time, but he never redoes it. And I'm like, why would you not redo that? Why would you not learn from your mistake and go back and be like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I saw you here. It's just this weird, awkward date that keeps going. And then he goes, where were you? What happened? And th- the whole time I was waiting for the other shoe to drop where they like are about to get married. And she's like, hey, how did you happen by that party? Yeah. Because my friend said you were a friend of mine, but I've, I never met you. You know what I mean? There was never a moment where yeah. – he really there's had no to face conflict. consequences. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of conflict. So in that regard, you know, it's. I mean, it's. It's. It makes sense that it's the same guy that wrote Love Actually or had something to do with Love Actually and Notting Hill because those are very similar movies. Um, I agree. If you view if you view it as a lighthearted fluff piece, I would say that it is. I would put this probably in the good bad category. What do you guys? What say you? Uh, I would you're, put it in bad bad. You're putting um, it in bad bad. Yeah, I. It's in bad good. There you go. We got. We end went, up in the middle. Barrett, I think you have to be the tie-breaking vote on this. Are you in any way familiar with About Time? No, and I know you, you told me <laughs> to, you're like, hey, if you want to watch these movies for the Nicholas, right? Totally like, go, go ahead. And then there's just been so many Barrett-related things this week that I'd rather watch instead. So um, I will say though, when you told me about this movie. Uh, that you were watching it for the Knicks list, and someone brought it up in chat, which I thought it was funny. Uh, someone brought up in chat, um, the Time Traveler's Wife Wanted's movie back. When you said About Time, that was the movie I thought you were talking about, which is also funny Rachel enough. McAdams. Also Rachel yeah. McAdams. And also, <laughs> and it came out That's like right. four years earlier and something like that. I, yeah, She had this weird streak of doing time romantic time travel movies, which is <laughs> yeah. bizarre. Um, well, you know, if you're, if you're going to be typecast, you might as well do that because they're just banging those ones out. I, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times they make romantic time traveling movies. And it, the, the crazy thing about uh, Time Traveler's Wife is that it, it costs roughly forty million and then made a hundred million, so they they did something right back then. I saw um, it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, so I would have to say, um, yeah, I've, I've got nothing for you, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, since it's since it's split. Uh, we have a good good, we have a good bad, and we have a bad bad. We're going to put this movie squarely in a good bad category where I feel like if you're in the mood for a lighthearted rom-com uh, and you don't really want to think too hard about it, this that's what the good bad category is for. Uh, moving on to a movie that I'm very interested to hear what you guys' perspective on. We also watched The Silent Voice, and this is a movie that people have reached out to us since we started doing uh, little mini reviews on this show and said we have to watch this. It's an animation, uh, anime movie from Japan uh, on Netflix right now. Uh, let's start with you, Matt. What did you think of this movie? Uh, I was blown away. I loved it. Um, I hadn't seen it. I knew nothing really about it. Um, I don't even know. I probably heard it dropped here and there, but I think it's from 2016, correct? Mm -hmm. But um, I was just really taken aback by like the mature themes throughout the movie, especially for a movie that deals with like uh, teen suicide and just bullying and and it's beautifully animated. Um, The style is incredible. I love those purple X's and just him closing out the world from around him. Um, yeah, I was just really taken aback by how much I enjoyed, enjoyed this. I thought the music was great. Um, kicking it off with my generation, um, which I don't think really fits the rest of the movie, but I liked the credit sequence. Me too. Um, 
and then I just um, anytime I watch uh, an anime film, I'm always blown away with how good all the food looks. I know this is random, but like I just get so hungry watching every anime. And I go back to when I saw Weathering with you at the uh, film festival last year, and there's the most beautifully animated Big Mac in Weathering with you. So um, if you haven't seen Weathering with you, it's just a gorgeous animated Big Mac that blew me away. And this movie, every time there was food on screen, um, I know that's not really attributed to if the movie was good or bad, but I thought beautifully animated. Um, I think my one problem is that it's maybe a little too long. Uh, It's like two hours and 10 minutes. Um, but I, I really was captivated by the whole thing. And I, I like that it spans, you know, a long period of time from when this kid's in sixth grade all the way up till when he's 18 or so. Um, and just his relationship um, with this, this young deaf girl and kind of how that matures and evolves and how that affects both him and her. And like I mentioned, the style is just awesome. And as, for, as someone who, you know, I, I, as many people do deal with anxiety and I've closed people off before or not want to look people in the eye and, and that type of person. So if you are one of those people, I think you can relate a lot in this movie and see it depicted on screen in such an interestingly animated way. And right when those X's came on and how those slowly kind of developed through the movie as he was, you know, either letting people into his life or closing people off, I thought it was like a amazing stylistic choice. And um, I, yeah, I had no idea going in what to expect with this. And I, was blown away i loved it joey what say you uh so matt and i were talking yesterday or the day before yeah, about yesterday this. i think yeah totally almost watched the wrong movie <laughs> that I, thought we were watching... <laughs> I thought for some reason i had it stuck in my head that it was supposed to be your name because i feel like that's another oh, one that has been another great movie so we could have talked about that too it is really good yeah yeah Luckily, that caught me. Uh, so i did watch i watched about half of it and i didn't turn it off because i didn't like it um, I turned it off because I had a giant headache and I wanted to go to bed. Um, but I liked it. I was not expecting it to be as serious. And like that, the whole like beginning is like the first, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes, like up through where they're in the classroom and stuff like that. I was like, holy crap, this is, I don't know what I was thinking that this was going to be, yeah. but it was way more serious and like um, real than I had was expecting um i did like it more than i thought i was going to still not my like preferred medium for story telling like i don't think that anime is gonna be like my thing now um but i do really want to go back and finish it and see how kind of how it all comes together um i thought it was i mean it's obviously like really really pretty to watch and even some of like the scene transitions and stuff like that i was like oh like i feel myself being more aware of that as like something that I appreciate. Um, and I also have like a soft spot in my heart. I think the thing that really melted my heart is that one of the characters is Miyoko, right? Yeah, I think so. And that's my grandma's name. So I was oh, okay. like, oh, oh amazing. So, so I was like, oh, okay. So I will say that I was really harsh on it last week on the idea of it. And I was very anti that. And I saw the comments on the subreddit that's like, Joey's going to hate this and she's going to tear it apart. Um, so I did try and give it a really honest try and I do want to go back and finish it. Cause I do think I how liked far did it you get way in? more than that. I got like how I think I got an hour in. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it is a longer film. Um, I will say yeah. I really enjoyed this. I think it's phenomenal and I think it's deeply impactful and I think I've never seen a, a film quite like this, um, yeah. an anime film quite like this, that, yeah. that deals with such serious issues in such a serious way. I think it uses the, pla- the, the, um, the genre, I'm not to say genre, 
I think it uses anime perfectly to get the story across. I think it's incredibly touching. Um, I'm with Matt where I do think it was, I mean, this goes too long, but only because it's so intense. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm fine with the time, but it was, it's an, it's intense. You know, the movie is about, is, is about anxiety and it's about um, dealing with past issues. And it's about really um, at the core of it to me, it's about the power of forgiveness and forgiving yourself and asking for forgiveness for people that you've hurt and how um, therapeutic and how amazing a tool that can be when you, when you actually get that. Uh, when you do get forgiveness from people. Um, my one critique of it is simply from the messaging is that I think that if I were to write the story, I really, really would have liked there to be some element of therapy in this because I don't love movies that deal with anxiety and with that deal with suicide and just kind of make it um, seem like you can solve that yourself. I, I just fair. feel like that's um i think that gives people a disservice and i think those are really really difficult things to deal with on your own i don't think that your high school friends who are also going through the same things are the best sounding board for that i think um i would have really i, I was i found myself being angry at the teachers and and, and the adults in this world um and I, and, I, and and i i i specifically thought of the mother of shoko and um his older sister i think was is who he was living with and that piece of shit teacher who was just letting all these things happen yeah i because thought you, that too <laughs> yeah you want to believe that in a world where you see someone rip someone's hearing aid out and that person's bleeding that the next person that person talks to is a guidance counselor and then a therapist or someone who's like we need to figure out why you're acting the way you're acting because bullying comes from somewhere and i think they did a great job of showing that he was bullied so he bullies and he felt insecure and he felt scared and he felt powerless. So he did that to someone else. And that's the only way he could communicate. And I think he comes to that realization at the end and we get to see that. But I think that that and I think for someone who is a, an adult writing that story, that's easy to understand. But if you're going through that as a kid, I think you're going to be lost. I think you're not going to understand any of that stuff because I certainly didn't when I when I was younger and I picked on people or I was picked on. I think you just can't process that without the help of someone who's a trained professional. So that was the only that was the only real criticism I had, which I just really don't love. Any, anything that has to do with teenagers dealing with complex emotional issues that just kind of cure themselves. Um, but I do think the character arc, and I think that I think he comes to the correct realization, which is that he all he really needed to do was apologize, like apologize to this person for what he put her through, and then you know try to be a better person going forward. Um, a couple quick facts from what's up, Joe? Oh, uh, the only thing I was gonna say is like I don't know that therapy is like as even now there's a stigma to it, which is like going down. And I think in Eastern cultures, it's even more stigmatized. So I don't know if that is super representative of It's Japanese so weird culture. because it depends on where you're at, right? In America, it's stigmatized. In Eastern cultures, it's probably stigmatized. In Europe, if you go to certain parts of Europe, it's like you don't have a therapist. That's weird. What's wrong yeah. with you? And so it's a, but I always try to spread that message out there. Of course, if totally. anyone's out there dealing with any of these tendencies or issues uh, if you have a high level of anxiety please reach out to a to a person you can talk with because the power of just even hearing someone who's a trained professional hearing the words come out of your mouth can be very transformative yeah. um, and of course if you're in need of medication or anything like that that person can help guide you through that process um so that is what i have to say about that a couple quick facts from zombie high uh x23 who i'm not sure if uh, they recommended this last week, but a lot of people recommended Silent Voice. Says, uh, hello, I have some fun facts for Screencast Crew regarding a Silent Voice. The score of the film starts with a muffled music and only one instrument playing to represent not only what it's like being a uh, hearing impaired, but also representing uh, Shoya's anxiety throughout, uh, throughout the film. More instruments are added and become more clear as he overcomes himself. Uh, the movie is based off of a manga uh, by Yoshitoki uh, Oima. 
Uh, and the voice actress in the, in the English dub, Lexi Cowden, uh, who plays Shoko, is in fact deaf in real life, which I was wondering about that um, in the scene. And then there's another thing where he just says in the scene where she says, I love you. Um, it actually makes more sense in the original Japanese because I love you and the moon is, moon is beautiful are very similar to each other. In America, it, in the English dub, I was like, what? But how you fucking not know what right. you're saying? This is ridiculous, but that makes more sense there. Anyway, uh, that's what they said. So where where do we want to put a silent voice? Matt, good, good let's start for with me. you. Yeah, good, good I would say good, good as well. Joey, you're yeah. outvoted. You didn't you didn't finish, so you're outvoted. <laughs> uh, yeah, but even the parts that I saw, I still was going to say good, 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 Joey. Well, you good. know what? It doesn't matter. There it is. Barrett, please <laughs> hate hi. yourself. Hi, hi, Joey. I miss you. <laughs> I'm going to put that on the list. I was missing uh, you until the show. <laughs> All right, guys. It's the effect I have on people. <laughs> uh, next week, we have a couple suggestions for things we can watch for uh, the Nicholas. Remember, guys, if you want to uh, if you want to chime in with this or send us any, you know, even some of your reviews for some of the movies we're talking about next week or uh, just some suggestions for other Nicholas stuff, you can go over to Patreon and back us at the $5 above tier uh, and you get to ride into the show. Two suggestions for this week. One is The Power Project uh, starring Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, that's on Netflix right now. Uh, it's about a drug in New Orleans that gives you powers. Everyone has a specific power and they don't know what it is till they try it. It's on Netflix, says Jeff the Maverick. Uh, and then Christopher Thorstad wrote it and said, North by Northwest. It's a classic Hitchcock film that is tons of fun with a great performance by Cary Grant. It's free to watch on HBO Max. Um, I'm open to suggestions. There's very different movies. I would not be opposed to watching The Power Project on Netflix for the next Nick list. Joe, what say you? I'm not either. It's one that's like kind of on, not really on my list, but it's on my, uh, eventually I'm going to watch this. Um, Machine Gun Kelly's in it. Casey Neistat, who I watched yeah, his vlog is. in it, which is <laughs> That's weird. crazy. Yeah. I saw him pop up in the trailer. I was like, is that fucking Casey Neistat? Yeah. That guy can do anything. No. I'm interested uh, in that. We also talked about uh, that Robert Pattinson movie earlier. Oh, good time. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm sorry. Let's not watch The Power Project. Let's watch Good Time. Is that what it's called? That's a good okay. choice. Yeah. That's a better choice. Because I feel like I'm not going to enjoy the Power Project. Let's watch Good Time. We'll talk about that Power time. Project just quickly. Um, it's an easy watch, but it again, it's it's Netflix is doing this thing where they just so badly want their Marvel movie or their like big blockbuster movie, and yeah. each time, like I, I didn't like, like Old Guard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like Old Guard. Um, yeah. I thought the action was really cool in Old Guard, but like every one of these movies feels like they're kind of getting there, but they're just off by like one thing. By and about I feel like. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> I like I like Jamie Foxx and I like I like JGL uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt a lot too. And I like that he's kind of making a comeback. He kind of went away after oh. um, after the walk, and he's awful in the walk. Well, he's been doing his he's been doing his hit record stuff. Yeah, but uh, I, mean, yeah. I think was his passion project for a while, and he's still doing that stuff. Yeah, I watched an Amazon movie called Seventy Five Hundred, where it's pl- about a plane hijacking, and he's the co-pilot. It's actually pretty good. Check that out too. But uh, yeah, Project Power not so great. Good time, excellent. You should watch that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's your movie for the Nicholas next week. Um, Thank you for all your submissions this week. Uh, And uh, Matt, thank you for coming on and and guest hosting with us today. It's been a rare treat uh, to be able to connect with you and hear your perspectives on some stuff. Where can people find you if they want to follow you? Uh, You can subscribe to that trilogy of podcasts I mentioned called Untitled Movie Podcast, Untitled Movie Reviews, and Untitled Movie Conversations. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrabeck. I'm usually bumming around Twitter and Letterboxd a lot if you want to see what I'm rating movies. Uh, Please shit talk me if you didn't like any of my opinions today. I welcome it, uh, which I don't doubt will happen. But thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. This This is awesome, guys. Thank you. 
Uh, thanks for being here. Joe, thanks for being here as well. Barrett, knocking out of the park as a producer, and thanks for the Dynamite Insights. Uh, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday, DC Fandom, starting at 10 a.m. on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We'll be live pretty much all day with all the fun DC news coming out of that cool event. We'll uh, be and drunk so- by noon. Who knows? Fuck, we'll be hammered by 1130. Who knows? Uh, if we start doing margs in the morning, uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting by the time we get to the Snyder Cut at, five, at 4 o'clock. Uh, until then, of course, everyone, we'll see you online.